Is he mixing a martini? <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And next to me is someone new. Who are you? <laughs> I am Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor. Guys, we got a special guest on Dave Taylor. Uh, we'll get into all that stuff, but I think we're on episode, what, 167? I think so. 167, yeah. I'm just reading Jeep Man Sam. He goes, <laughs> as it finally clicks who Dave Taylor is, I realize I have his books on my shelf. Well, I'll be in the corner for acting up. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it is a guest stream. Um, before we go all into all the fun, let's go and give our shout outs that we need to do. We want to thank Tectonic Craft Studios uh, for being a sponsor of More Than Dice. Um, be on the lookout for Dan's stuff. He'll be having some new projects coming around uh, pretty soon. Uh, we'll give away some of his products uh, sometime next month, I believe. Um, we are a creature creator. Uh, once in a while, you'll see us paint up. More likely, Kathy will paint up a creature caster model. Although, I'll probably be painting up some stuff because of the uh, judgment models coming out. Um, and then, of course, the lovely Lynn Stahl, Metalhead Minis. Uh, we appreciate her more than anybody knows. Uh, she hosts a bunch of our products that we have as that you can buy and you'll have a link come up into the chat every so often. And we want to thank Muse on Minis that also helps host our podcast and provides everything for us um, in that aspect. And if you buy anything from them, make sure you type in all one word more than dice and get a percentage off of your pro off of your product. And some of that comes back to our stream. Um, did I get everybody? I think I so. so. I think I did. Okay. So, uh, we have a tradition here, Dave. We always have to give a shout-out to anybody that has passed away recently. Um, famous, non-famous, whatever. Um, and, John, you're usually the, the guy on this. Do we have anybody this week? Um, Shock G, the lead vocalist from Digital Underground. Oh, yeah. Known for the Humpty Dance. The Humpty Dance is your chance. Do the hump. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, he passed away. He was, uh, math says, 60, just about 60. Wow, was he really? I didn't even know he was that. I mean, he's from, you know, when I was a kid listening to rap music. I don't remember him being. And you're uh, super old. I'm <laughs> damn old. <laughs> I was there when they patented dirt. I was writing it down on stone. No, 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 no. no. You throttle back. <laughs> Dave and I both know Doug locally and yep. he is way older than you <laughs> he is and one of the most prolific painters i have seen he is also that yes <laughs> um there was i don't know i don't know all the details but opposed, supposedly the indian indian uh submarine um they did oh, find yeah. it and they found it that it was yeah broken three parts and there fear that all the crew members have passed away uh, which is sad. Um, Kathy, Dave, do you have anybody personal or anything you know? No, thank goodness. No. Okay. 
Um, also, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I finished that bottle of Jim Beam Fire, so I upgraded to uh, Jack Daniels Fire, something a little less sweet. And I've mixed that with uh, Dr. Pepper as normal. As normal. Make it more sweet. Dave, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> uh, I decided to go and grab a uh, can of Mr. Trash Wheels Solar Power Sour. Oh. What's in uh. it? It's a, um, so this is brewed about a uh, block and a half from my house. Oh, nice. nice. Very nice and easy to go. But also, Mr. Trash Wheel is the uh, sort of contraption that floats around in uh, Baltimore Harbor and collects the trash. Makes it these big paddle wheel that collects, scoops the trash up from the uh, from the harbor, cleans oh, the harbor. Cool. No, I think I've seen that before. Yep. Anybody who has a harbor that's dirty enough to require Mr. Trash Wheel, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Kathy, what's on your agenda today? I am drinking gin and ginger ale. Just ginger ale? Gin and ginger ale. Oh, gin and ginger ale. Kind of cut out for me for a second. Um, my drink of choice, because I did not drink enough, is just water tonight. Um, just water. So, sorry. Guys, we appreciate everybody that comes in here. Everybody that watches. Everybody that listens. Uh, everybody that helps contribute to uh, forcing John to drink water for an entire episode. Uh, we or making Gonzo be normal. <laughs> <laughs> or make or forcing Kathy to read uh, from her book uh, on the whim. We appreciate it. We appreciate everybody that watches and listens, whether you do it live or recorded. Um, guys, be safe out there. Wear your mask. Uh, look out for each other. Cheers. 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 Oh yeah, that's. Oh yeah, that's some good H two O right there, filtered <laughs> in everything. Damn. Let me, let me tell everyone. Forget Fireball. Forget Jim Beam Fire. Get the Jack Tennessee Fire. It is much better for mixing. <laughs> Jack Tennessee Fire noted. Jeep Man Sam says toasted caramel whiskey with ice. I mean, that sounds good, too, but... It does. I mean, well, anything that says toasted caramel just piques my interest. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeep Man also but, says... But with whiskey, that seems a little... I don't know. Oh, that seems fine to me. I would absolutely try that, though. Not going to say no. Jeep Man Sam says, It's amazing that I can drink upside down. I learned that from Peter B. Parker. I mean, I have his physique. <laughs> So I can, you know, definitely, you know, pull off that cosplay uh, type thing. <laughs> My God, I don't think we told you this. It's fun. It's funny, but the Australia joke—you know, Dave is from Australia, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, Just making sure you know. He knows all your tricks. My camera's upside yeah, down as well. Can you tell? <laughs> but you well, move like... the US, your camera right side up. <laughs> yeah, it flips. It negates that power. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also whenever we had um, judgment on. And he was in Australia doing it too. And yep. my camera was upside down. His was right side up for some reason. So, um, so let's get started on this. Dave, who are you? <laughs> I'm me. I'm me. Seriously, I'm not anybody else. No. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> what do you mean by who am I? <laughs> Dave, I, 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 I know who you are, and I know your books, and I know what you do. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about your background, um, how you got started doing, you know, everything that you're doing right now. Did it, you know, just come as a whim? Was it just, you know, magically you were able to pick up a brush and paint like a god, or, 
you know, did it just, you know... It was uh, decades of hard work. No! Um, pretty much, no. Um, no one likes to hear that. I, Nobody I was, does! <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, um, actually, when I, when I first started painting miniatures, it was my first year of college, and I painted up some uh, Gretchen from a Space Crusade box. They had the really weird poses. There was a guy holding a blunderbuss and mm -hmm. had the skinny legs. I painted painted that guy up, and uh, I thought I'd done a really good job. I was super pleased with it, and I took it. Um, I was doing graphic design, and I took it to my like illustration teacher and said, "Oh, look what I've just found! I've, just, I've started painting these miniatures." And he grabbed it and he looked at it. And he goes, "You know, Dave, I thought you could do better than this." And I was like, <laughs> "Damn, thanks, thanks for that." Um, but I, I think he knew me pretty well because I probably took it as a bit of a challenge to um, to then go and paint some more and then paint some more and paint more and more and more. But um, yeah, when when a games workshop store opened up in my uh, hometown, I went sort of went in, saw it in the first uh, first day that it opened. That was probably about three years later, three years after I first started, and um, was looking at the the minis in the window and um it was like oh fantastic i saw some like empire handgunners there and went in and said oh who painted those and the manager was like i painted them and i said oh cool how long do they take how long do they take you and he goes i painted them last night and i was like what all five of them he goes yeah and i was like teach me <laughs> teach me please <laughs> let me learn from how you paint so quickly and paint, paint so well and uh yeah so it's just been sort of since then i Worked for Games Workshop for 14 years, which is um, where I met John, and through running a like working at events, that's where I met Kathy, uh, and yeah, um, probably 12 years ago, I think it was 12, 13 years, something like that. Uh, left Games Workshop and worked for War Games Illustrated, uh, the magazine. Um, and I was the uh, U.S. correspondent. Um, for a UK-based magazine that was owned by a New Zealand company. Um, so there was a wonderful uh, sort of global nature to it, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, but about seven years ago, I left that, uh, decided to open up my own business, Dave Taylor Miniatures, uh, so that I could work with a lot of um, miniature companies. Basically, I don't make any miniatures myself. I don't make any of my own minis, but I just work with other companies um, sort of helping them bring their miniatures and their products to market. So I do consulting, I do graphic design, I do all sorts of stuff for, for people, content, different bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, and just over that time, I've just kept painting miniatures and I probably painted probably 11, maybe 12,000 miniatures over those years. Not as many as John, but um, anyway. False. <laughs> Dave, there are still stories when I talk to Brian Kilgore about you guys hanging out and painting and him just being amazed at how fast and clean you get stuff done. Yeah. I, I went through a, a phase where I had so many ideas that I wanted to turn into armies that I had to learn how to paint quickly. Otherwise, I was never going to get to them all. So <laughs> it's like, got to get this done, got to get this done. The next one's coming through. <laughs> I had that same problem, and you know how I fixed it, right? How's that? I just play unpainted models. Fuck it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I, like, I'm super impressed by your hobby streak. I gotta tell you that. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's before, hard it's work, like... and I'm actually pleased that I have not, since the first two games where I was learning, I have not played Marvel Crisis Protocol without 
a fully painted army. Yeah. Awesome. Which is crazy for me. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So, but yeah, that's, um, that's basically, uh, who, who I am, where I've, where I've come from. So very quickly. <laughs> One thing that we always always cracks me up uh, is when people say, "Oh, you've got great talent," but you had to hone that talent. This wasn't. I mean, you remember you told us you know, your first Gretchen type model, and you were like, you thought that was great, but when of course you took it, someone else were like, eh, eh, type thing. Um, yeah. Of all the models that you've been painting through all these years, is there any time that you've taken this model and going, "I can do better and repaint it"? I. Um, I don't think I have really repainted a model for that reason. Um, I might have had uh, models that were in older armies, and it's like, I'd like to bring that into my new army, and I might have repainted it for that purpose. But um, I'm, I'm sort of more keen to... Um, for me, it's the, it is the painting, and it's the journey of making the, the army or the warband or whatever it happens to be. Um, I, I do like... I do like the gaming aspect of, of the hobby, but I like it primarily for the socialization, I guess. Well, socializing? Socialization. You can make up your own words. We don't care. <laughs> I think it's a real word, but I just don't think it means that. But um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, I really like the the process of creating an army um, and painting, painting those. So I've got armies that I've never played with that I probably will never play with. Um, but they sure look great. Pardon? But they sure look great. <laughs> I, thank you, thank you. I really, I do enjoy working with them, though. Um, um, what, what's your current um, games that you have that you do, are, you are playing? Um, I haven't played. I uh, worked out the other day. I haven't played a game for like the last nine months. But yeah. uh, like, like okay. a lot of us. But what would you, <laughs> what would you, would be playing if you had that um, Probably uh, be playing some 40k. Uh, Probably some Warcry, uh, a little bit of Saga: Age of Magic. Uh, something my gaming group was uh, playing. Oh, I like Saga. The pandemic hit. It, hit. Um, that was actually one where uh, the army that I worked on for that I can also use for Warcry, and I can use it for Age of Sigmar as well as um, Saga: Age of Magic. And if I put them on the right movement trays, I could probably use it for Kings of War too. But um, yeah, most of it, uh, most of what I play is just really what other folks that I'm that I play with, whatever they're keen to have a go at. We'll probably play some Stargrave soon from um, Osprey, uh, which is like the the sci-fi version of Frostgrave. I did not know that there was a sci-fi version. Yeah, yeah. I saw that I saw that coming out and everything, and I was looking at because I own all the I own all the Frostgrave stuff. I've never played it, but I do oh. love it all. I think it's great. Um, yep. I collect books type stuff, you know, like RPG stuff, because I run a lot of RPG stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm grabbing all of these because I can use this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a lot of great material in there. Definitely. Um, but I think um, I haven't had a look at how Stargrave plays yet, but um, I know that Frostgrave, Frostgrave can be a bit swingy with the, the D20. There's been a few uh, few games that we've played where it's like, it really, you, that, that single shot took out my leader. That's... One one bow shot from across the other side of the board took out my. Ah! You can get lucky. <laughs> yeah, hit him exactly. right in the eyeball. That other opponent, he he gets lucky like that all the time. So frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, so probably um, probably things like that. 
Um, I'm working on some um, some 40k terrain at the moment. So building up a table to go with the Chaos Knights army that I worked on last year. Nice. Pretty cool. But yeah. So you've seen a ton of miniatures and everything else and you got a ton of stuff. Um, what miniature, I don't even want to say miniature company, but what miniatures are you completely impressed with by the, like the way they're built or their their style, you know, so on and so forth? Which ones are like really sticking out to you right now? Um, that's a, it's a tough one. Uh, there are a lot of, um, are so many great miniature companies and, and I know I'm going to miss people, um, when I talk about them, but, um, so I think games workshops really killing it with, um, with their plastics and their, um, the way that they're putting the miniatures together, the engineering alongside the, the sculpting is great. Concepts great. Sculpting's great. The engineering is fantastic. It's just like a whole other world. Um, so I'm really impressed by all of that, but I've always been a, um, a GW guy. Uh, I think um, really impressed by uh, historical miniature-wise. I always love the Perrys. Um, the Perrys do fantastic work. Uh, and um, I always love the sculpts of Paul Hicks as well. Um, so Paul does fantastic work uh, for... He's like basically a freelance sculptor. He does a lot of great work for um, Brigade Games over here. He also does work for Footsaw Miniatures. Um, uh, but and, and those minis are the, the Perry Miniatures and the, um, the stuff that Paul sculpts are typically all one-piece metal miniatures. So they kind of harken back to an earlier time when it was uh, you just have to like trim off a few little bits of flash and you're good um, rather than assembling like enormous sort of chaos knights with yes pieces so it's a different um different story i think um one of the other things i'm really enjoying because uh, i i paint on a um a painting live stream for uh game trade media called uh painting happy little minis and we do um we have doing we paint a lot of uh board game minis as well so i think um there are a lot of companies that are that are doing some fantastic stuff like Simon's doing some awesome work. Um, and there, yeah, other, other board game companies that are really working that, um, the PVC sort of plastic market, but so there are so many more as well. Amazing. Stuff. Um, now you're painting miniatures. Are yep. you an acrylic, an oil, um, type painter or just whatever? I, acrylics. Yeah. I'm, uh, definitely all in acrylics. I've, haven't really dabbled in oils at all. Um, they kind of scare me. <laughs> I know that feeling, Dave. Yeah. Kathy's got a stream where she's working on just oil miniatures right now. So I am only learning it, and it did terrify me at the beginning. I because I've never used them before. Right. Yeah. I think for me, um, a lot of it is the. I have a I have an appropriate level of patience for acrylics, but you know something's taking longer than acrylics to dry. Um, I think I'd want to pick it up and mess with it a little bit too much. So that that would be my problem with oils. I'm pretty sure. Um, I haven't even used them for I haven't really used them for weathering either. Um, just done some little bits and pieces, but but not too much really. But I do have some friends who've used them quite a bit. So maybe eventually I'll get there. 
<laughs> test them out, see if you like them or not. Yeah, yeah, it'll probably be for very specific stuff. Um, they're doing some fantastic work on uh, some of the Adeptus Titanicus uh, Titans. I could see it being good for that. Yeah, yeah. it's just something that's a bit larger scale. Yeah, yeah, they're they're putting down some some great base coats, like acrylic base coats with uh, airbrushes, and then once those oils go on, it just adds a whole different dimension to it. So definitely cool. But but personally, I'm I'm stuck in the uh, in the acrylics realm. <laughs> I'm kind of at a point where my I'm I'm really happy with my painting. Uh, I know that I could take it further if I stopped and took the time to do it, but I'm happy with where it's at. So. You get the right balance of speed and uh, quality. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Uh, I know that to take it up to the next level of quality, and then the next level, and the next level, it would take away from the speed. It would slow me down. So those ideas wouldn't be able to be fulfilled as well. Well, that's a good note for everyone painting: is that you got to hit that. When you hit that balance, don't mess with it for a bit. Yeah. If you're happy with the paint job, and you're happy with the speed. You good? Just keep yeah. going. Yep. And I'll tell you, uh, the the last month after the Reaper Virtual Expo, you know, when I was working on the, the Cyber Dysis and the the little Chibi Cthulhu, those yep. I that was my return to oils after spending two months learning how to use oil paints. I no, that was my return to acrylics after learning oils. And it was like coming back to a good friend, you know, <laughs> where I knew, I knew what would happen when I mixed these paints together. I knew what would happen if I, if I added this water to this and I did this glaze or whatever. And, uh, and it, it, it felt so comfortable after the, <laughs> the yep. mental anguish sometimes. Now I say it like oils are a terrible thing. They have been fun. Sure. And frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have accomplished things that I'm proud of, but people were there to witness because I streamed it all. Yeah. To witness my <laughs> failure and my frustration <laughs> <laughs> yeah. while I was learning, but that is all just part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So you said you have... Dave Taylor Miniatures. What is Dave Taylor Miniatures? Uh, so when I launched Dave Taylor Miniatures, it was um, the the aim was very was I think even my mission like my mission statement was uh, to help other miniature companies bring new products to market or to sell more of their existing products. So uh, essentially, um, over my years at Games Workshop and uh, War Games Illustrated, I developed a, a whole bunch of skills. Um, photography, writing, editing, uh, layout, um, design, all all sorts of stuff, um, marketing, promotions, uh, event management, a whole range of different things. And because so many companies in the miniature realm, uh, in the miniature sort of industry, are tiny companies with one or two or three people, uh, they don't have, they, they, there are very often gaps in their skill sets. So I thought if I can offer all of these things people don't have to take me up on all of them they can just pick and choose what they what they need help with um that i could work with a lot of very interesting very cool people and do some really fun projects so um so i've done all sorts of different things so uh secret weapon miniatures i've done some base sculpting 
and I did a little bit of community management as well. Um, for uh, Victoria Miniatures, I did some uh, product design. Uh, for Brigade Games, I do um, photography and layout. Uh, and um, yeah, just a, a whole range of things, um, which is pretty cool. So over the last seven years, not a no two days have been the same, um, which has definitely kept me engaged with it. There's no there's no sort of getting bored because uh, there's always something new sort of just around the corner, um, which has been really good. Uh, probably, th I think it's three years ago now, I launched uh, Kickstarter for my own, uh, for my first product, uh, which was for Armies, Legions and Hordes, um, which is a book, uh, project management book um, for toy soldiers. Uh, but it basically went through the, uh, all the different, talk about all the different uh, sort of roadblocks that people can encounter when they're painting um, large sort of wargaming projects, um, be it armies or be it titans or, or that kind of thing. And it tried to it tried to offer solutions along the way. Of, oh, there we go. John's going to copy. Where's um, that copy? I know. I've got a copy somewhere. <laughs> I think it's, it's hidden somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it went through and offered solutions for each of those little roadblocks, different ways to think about your projects. Um, a lot of it's a lot of what it, what I think about with that sort of thing about getting past roadblocks is understanding what your goals are and what your aims um, and also what drives you. Sometimes these things aren't always the same or they aren't what you might expect them to be. Um, I think we talk a lot in gener generalities about um, army projects and working on stuff for the next tournament or the next event or the next painting competition, whatever it might happen to be. And sometimes it seems like we all have the same goals or the same drives to do things, but I think each of us has a different approach and a different um, different reason we're doing it. And if we can understand what our personal reasons are, we can understand why things might be blocking us or why we're not feeling as accomplished when we reach a certain spot. Um, so that yeah, that first book was sort of about that and about helping people get past that those roadblocks. Uh, and then the whole bunch of sort of case studies, which are armies that I've painted over the years. And, um, those things together and yeah it's a good read and uh jeep man says he's had it has it it's helpful got me out of a few mini painting burnouts which is it is i mean it is super helpful um you sure. know just, just good. <laughs> keep it going and yeah. honestly times like this is when we need it more needed it more than anything <laughs> yeah for sure is there a but, section on what to do when i feel burnt out uh yep there is. I couldn't tell you exactly what it says in there right at the moment, but um, yeah, it does um, does address um, both sort of burnout when it's happening, but also planning to avoid it. So plan it, planning before it happens. Um, so different ways that uh, like some people like to paint a unit and then reward themselves by painting a character or um, that kind of thing. But I know for me, the thing that gets me through a big project is painting as much of the sort of the bulk of the army first. So if I know I've got 80 models in the army and if I can get to 45 models, it's just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm on the downhill slope. I've got over that crest. I'm ready to go. But if I was to stop and go, okay, well, I'll just paint this guy now. And then I'll just paint this guy. 
and if I worked on it for a month or two and I had like 10 models done, I wouldn't feel as um, enthused to finish it. So it's knowing, and I'd probably start to feel burnt out on it because I wasn't progressing as fast as I was thinking I should. So there are sections in there that talk about that kind of thing as well. But yeah, um, kind of the idea for doing the book was came from when I was doing some layout uh, for a book that I had, I'd edited the text, I'd taken the photos and I designed a layout and was putting everything in. And I was like, I'm really enjoying doing this, bringing all these separate parts together and, and doing it. I wish I could do this for myself, but I, I don't know anything about writing rules. I couldn't write a rule book. Wait, what do, what do I know about? I know about painting lots and lots and lots of toy soldiers. So <laughs> that's what I, um, I switched to that switch to that angle and fantastic yeah um so john told me that we needed to have you on one because you're an awesome guy two you're an awesome guy kathy said you're an awesome guy and i already got people messaging me going we got to get this guy on more he's an awesome guy uh (laughs) i had a couple people already messaged me saying hey this guy's pretty cool i like him i'm like not only is he an awesome guy but he's a good miniature painter and he explains he explains well the the processes. Right. Thank so, you. <laughs> um, Appreciate that. One of the reasons we went on because we want you to talk about your new project you got coming out. Uh, you got a new Kickstarter coming out. I'm going to put the link into the chat. It's going to be a big link, guys. I'm sorry because technically your Kickstarter is not on right now. Uh, yeah, it, it hasn't is yeah. It launched yet. Yep. So uh, at the moment, it's the um, the pre-order um, link. Oh, sorry, the pre pre-launch page yes yeah so you sort of go to that page you click on the notify me and um when it launches next friday it, okay uh, it will send it kickstarter will send you a lovely email saying hey this project launch you might want to go and check it out mm-hmm. so tell but, us what this new this project is uh sure the new project is um so uh, sorry i'll just jump back a little bit uh two years ago i launched a kickstarter with uh, a guy called Mel Bowes, um, who people might know as the terrain tutor, uh, to do a terrain book called Terrain Essentials, which John is also has the handy prop there. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you, John. Um, so Terrain Essentials, uh, I wanted to go to somebody who knew a lot about terrain to write a book. I mean, I, I've been making terrain for nearly 30 years now. I could have written a book about terrain, but it wouldn't have been the best book that I could make about terrain. Um, so I went to Mel, Mel knows his stuff. Um, we ran the Kickstarter, um, had a pretty of a, a rough time getting it all together. Mel's gone through some, um, pretty significant sort of health issues over the last two years, but, uh, we finally wrapped up the book production in October last year, October, November, uh, and shipping went through the, uh, the, the wildest time in the history of global shipping, um, as far as postal services go (laughs) through December and January. Um, and we finally have the books out to all of our backers, which is really cool. Um, but during that process, again, of working with somebody, um, getting photos and text in editing text, doing layout and designing the, the book, um, I really enjoyed myself. I was like, I'd like to keep doing this. So I'm starting to move my business away from the consulting kind of aspect of it into publishing. 
um, which leads me on to the, the Kickstarter that's uh, launching next Friday, which is uh, The Art Of. Um, I would kind of want to do a, a series of books that work with um, other miniature painters um, from all over the world um, and sort of create books that feature their art, but not only their art, um, and I like to ask a lot of questions of people about why they do things, why did you do that that way, or what inspired you to work on that. Um, so rather than just looking at pictures of beautiful miniatures, um, we'll have a whole bunch of text in there as well about what inspired those people and what led them to create those particular projects. Um, so that's um, going to be the sort of the next thing that, that is rolling off uh, from Dave Taylor Miniatures. Sorry, uh, I keep on. I make sure I'm muting because of my 3D printer. Um, <laughs> I do have a slideshow of the stuff that you sent me because you sent me a bunch of uh, things. Okay. Sure. Yep. Um, basically by uh, artists or collectives. So um, the first book, uh, for, like volume one of the series is going to be uh, with the Miniature Monthly team. So that's uh, Aaron Lovejoy, Elizabeth Beckley, and Matt DiPietro, um, who are three uh, fantastic American artists who um, I've known them all for, for ages. Um, I think uh, Kathy's known them all for a while. Oh, uh, Mizzy says no audio with the slideshow. We can only hear Dave, which is good. <laughs> Dave is guys. the only one talking. <laughs> <laughs> it, is everybody back now? Can everybody hear everybody? I yeah, love so it. <laughs> no worries sorry sorry to interrupt yeah that's cool uh so yeah volume one uh the miniature monthly team uh so it was one of those things because uh they were all work so closely together with their um with the miniature monthly patreon and all of the um tutorial videos that they do uh it would have been really tough to go hey um hey liz let's just do a book not let's let's cut you out of the band sort of thing. Um, I wanted to do everybody together and feature them all because they all have, they work together, but they all have a different approach um, and a different sort of focus to the things that they do. Um, so I mean, Aaron um, does spectacular painting and, and fantastic um, freehand as well. Um, Aaron's also the guy who sort of all put together the miniature monthly team and um, prior to that, he had the, the Painters Guild in, when he was out in San Diego. So he's all about bringing people together in groups to do painting, um, which is really cool. Um, Elizabeth's uh, done a lot of work for uh, Kingdom Death uh, and does some spectacular uh, skin tone work. Um, she's also great at um, does some really cool work on uh, chibis uh, as well. Lots of awesome work from uh, Elizabeth. And then um, Matt, uh, who I expect you've uh, met a number of times, Gonzo. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a bus. The bus. You know. The uh, the ice fisherman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely cool. I, I'm a huge fan of that one, for sure. But uh, yeah, Matt's um, Matt's been doing excellent painting for for ages, and uh, I really love Matt's um, philosophy and Matt's philosophical sort of approach to painting. Um, it's sort of much goes much deeper than my own does, so it's always interesting to to see to talk to people about that kind of um, kind of thing. The, the mindfulness that goes into all of his painting um, is spectacular. So uh, so that's the first volume is uh, those three. We've got sort of a different section for in the book for each one of them. Um, so they'll also all be talking about their um, experiences uh, as studio painters. So Bat for um, Pride Deer Press and Aaron for um, Flying Frog uh, for Shadows of Brimstone um, and of course Liz for Kingdom Death. But um, yeah, so second book is uh, Christoph Kiel. Uh, Christoph goes on, um, he's on Instagram by Cornell. So C, oh, sorry, K O, oh, actually it's K zero three R N L. So a little bit of leap speed kind of. <laughs> yep. I, I yep. don't know. I, I'm, I'm too old for that. But um, <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of uh, converting models. I love doing loads and loads of conversions. Um, I've got uh, armies that are completely converted, but um, Christoph does spectacular conversions in kit patches. Um, amazing work that, um, where he doesn't like to use green stuff to sort of finish off his conversions. Um, he, he does sometimes use it, but he doesn't like to. So a lot of his um, conversions, he works very finely to be refining each of the pieces so that they all go together seamlessly. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but he's also done some awesome work. Um, and this is going to sound simple, but it, it's awesome work painting black. He did, um, he spent like a month studying like um, the work of like Frank Frazetta and Paul Bonner and John Blanche. And then he painted a space Marine in each of their, like a, a Black Templar Space Marine in each of their sort of signature style. Ah. So wow. working out different ways to, to create black so that he could then blend them to create his own approach to it. Um, and just that, something like that, that's, as I said before, there's I don't have a lot of uh, patience to do that kind of experimenting. I know how I paint black and I paint it that way. But uh, which is why it always, always excites me to see people doing um, sort of cool, different stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, the third volume is, uh, Anna Polanschuk from Croatia. Uh, Anna has been blogging for the last 10 years, 10, 12 years, something like that. Uh, and she does a lot of very, um, very dark macabre kind of, um, miniatures and conversions and terrain building and world building. Um, and I'm always really interested in in reading her blog posts or hearing her talk about the worlds that she creates or the the settings for games and uh campaigns and that kind of thing um so that volume is going to sort of look at a lot of that kind of stuff she's going to be talking a lot about campaigns that she's created worlds that she's um 
built and how she's put games together for friends and, and that kind of thing. So uh, they're the first three books. So it's something it's each one's a little bit different. There's a different uh, sort of focus on them. Um, I didn't want to have something that was a kind of a um, cookie cutter kind of approach just because I wanted to sort of celebrate the individual individuality of each of the um, each of the artists that we kind of working with. But I am very, very excited to start laying out the books and sort of massaging everything into place and getting all of the new photography and, and that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, the uh, basically the books are um, so book sizes. The um, just quickly the volume one with the miniature monthly team uh, is 128 pages. Uh, both Anna and Christoph's books are both are 96 pages each. So we've got a nice sort of solid size, so I can go away and get um, quotes from the printers and that kind of thing. Um, so. Anna and Christoph's books are going to be $30 each uh, on the Kickstarter. They're going to retail later for $35 each. Uh, and the miniature monthly book is going to be $40 uh, and it'll later retail for $45. But uh, so we have those and we have pledge levels for each of those. So if you want to just get one of the books, there's a pledge level for you. Uh, and if you want to get all three of the books together, there is um, the pledge level for that is going to be, I think that's $90. So you get a little uh, sort of ten percent break there from to getting them all together, uh, and we're also so we'll also have the those books in the add-ons, so you can sort of get those uh, separately if you'd like to, or if you want to pledge for one, pick up one of the others. There'll be ways to do it. Yep, you could do that. Yep, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how about I tell you the things that I like to do? I kind of have an approach that I like um, for it is I like my like to sort of rotate my stretch goals through three different things. Um, upgrades, where you take the the core book, the initial initial product, and increase the quality in some way. Um, it might be taking it from a, a softback book to a hardback book, um, bumping up the quality of the paper to like the top tier of the paper. Um, and for these ones, I've actually been talking with my um, my printer about doing some silver foil, um, silver leaf on the on the cover for the, uh, the titles. So it's just something that's a little bit different um, to what we've done before, but those, those sort of upgrade things, they all cost more um at the printing end um but uh and one of the examples for that for for my book i did a uh slipcase kickstarter exclusive slipcase um unfortunately i didn't get the quotes beforehand and i i didn't think it was oh. I, I, it, it turned out that those slipcases were each as much as the book to produce <laughs> so it's like oh i just doubled my my book cost great i mean it's <laughs> a really nice slipcase i'm not gonna lie it is a really nice slipcase. It is. I swear, nice. everybody does that for their first Kickstarter. Yeah, everybody <laughs> learns after, learns after that. But uh, yeah, so the upgrades are one. Um, Add-ons are another one. 
Uh, and when you're working with miniature artists, the, the sort of most obvious one is uh, like art cards. So like the oversized postcards with fantastic miniature art on them. Um, uh, because Anna does a lot of work with uh, like creating campaign settings and game settings and that kind of thing, um, we're going to try and get her to work on a like a sheet of um, tokens that can be used across a variety of um, different gaming systems. But basically, yeah, like punch out cardboard tokens. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's gonna be exciting. That's gonna be the one that um, where I. Uh, that's probably the one that trips me up for the Kickstarter because I haven't done that before. Um, but again, it's just a, it's an opportunity to explore and have a bit of fun with that. Uh, and then the last one, last type of type of stretch goal that I like is the freebie. So the add-ons will be um, the people will pay maybe like six or seven dollars for an add-on, um, but the freebies are obviously free. Um, and I think for this one. Because the books themselves won't be how-tos, they're much more of the why sort of behind the, the artwork. Um, with the freebies, we can do some cool uh, tutorial PDFs. Like I've spoken with Christoph, and we're gonna, he's going to do a, a tutorial on um, black, painting black, um, using those sort of processes. Um, I think for, uh, like for Matt, we'll probably talk with Matt about how he gets his um, like beautiful incredibly warm and rich uh, oranges and ochre colors. Uh, so things like that are the freebies that I'd like to sort of add. So if we get to this level, we can send that out, send out a PDF to everybody. But uh, yeah, I just want to use those to be able to give as much value as possible to, to everybody along the way. And the PDFs are cool because you get them sort of as, you know, before the book releases. So you're getting something in the meantime, you're like, oh yeah, I remember this is coming. Yep. Yep. I think that'll be definitely good. Uh, I think for this time, um, because we, the books are already underway, uh, each, each artist is already writing. Um, they're all about, I think they're about 25% maybe 30% of the way through their, their particular um, works uh, that I think to be safe, <laughs> I want to say uh, we'll probably be shipping next February. Okay. Maybe cool. month. Um, as I said, with uh, working with, with Mel, uh, we originally wanted it to be out in at the beginning of 2020. Uh, but um completely unforeseen circumstances meant that we had to push things a little bit. Um, there were, there were points with, uh, with Mel, Mel had a, um, a popped lung at one point. Yeah. Um, so he had a, um, he thought that he was having a, a heart attack and was rushed to hospital because basically a, a little bubble of air popped out of his lung into his chest cavity and was pushing on his heart. So he was rushed to the hospital with a suspected heart attack. Uh, and I didn't find out for like two days because <laughs> obviously the, the first thing you don't like you don't do is call your publisher. <laughs> oh, true. There's plenty, plenty of other people to call ahead of publisher. But um, yeah, when I found out about that, it was like, okay, well, we, we really need to get, get cracking on this just in case something really bad does happen. Um, so he was actually dict like we'd have a call like this and he'd be dictating bullet points to me that I could then flush out into text. 
that he could then read over and go, yes, that's right. Or no, you got this bit wrong. Um, so all sorts of things can happen when you're putting together a book and when you're working with somebody else. Um, so yeah, everything's always got that caveat with we're, we're aiming for this. We're working really hard for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so hopefully February, March will be uh, shipping out to backers and then maybe May or June they'll hit, um, sort of retail. I will say that your communication during the Kickstarter was top notch. Cool. Uh, never had any doubt. Like everything laid out clearly. It was definitely in the top tier communications I've received. Cool. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was tough because each time, like, each time you, when you're running an update for a Kickstarter, each time you want to say it's done and we're shipping it to you. It's done. We're shipping it to you. But it, when you can't, it's yeah. like, uh, sorry, more bad news. Sorry. We haven't quite got there. Um, with the, the terrain essentials book, we, uh, I started, I did like a bar graph of each of the sections so people could see the progress or the, if we had a month where there wasn't much progress, they could see that there wasn't much progress that month. Um, but, uh, I think that, yeah, I think that helped, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. help people understand and where we were working towards, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's been a hell of a year. It's been a hell of a year for everybody. So <laughs> no, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hell of a year. <laughs> but yeah, so it, I can't sort of uh, sort of step back and go, oh no, it was too tough. It, it was tough, but you just got to grow and learn from those things, right? So yeah, uh, I, I always look at tough stuff like, what am I going to tell the next employer? Like, oh, it was too tough for me to do. They don't want to hear that. No. It's tough. <laughs> we got through it. This is what we did. You know, that's that's what we want to hear. Yeah. And yeah. I appreciate the communication more than anything because you know I'm not in a hurry to get these things when it's Kickstarter. But I like to know. I don't want to have, you know, I don't like to throw stones at the easy target, but <laughs> like Night's Mark 2 was not, I mean, yeah. at this point, it's dead, probably. They're trying, but, you know, yeah. hats off them for trying, but not even a communication saying, hey, it's dead, hey, it's still on, you know, it's, it's terrible. And they get you, and then there's some dice one I did where, like, just all the updates, like, I know exactly what's going on. Heck, with the other dice one, like, he's got, if you want to see where I spent the money, I'm like, wow, dude, you don't need to go all there, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yep, yep. No, it is good when you have uh, have things like that. I, uh, James Sheriff did a, uh, a very cool um, sort of grimdark uh, tarot card deck with uh, the artist Ian Miller. And um, got that printed and everything was fine. And then uh, issues with COVID meant that he was a, wasn't able to ship things out as quickly as he would have liked, which meant that the prices kept going up. And I was oh. like, James, I know I'm towards the end. Here's an extra 10 bucks to sort of go towards my shipping, because I know it's going to be more sending it from the UK to here. Yeah. But, uh, be, but because there was communication, you can do things like that. You can Absolutely. show creators that, that you understand that they're going through some stuff. But uh, but yeah, the aim, is, aim for this one is that we don't go through stuff. Uh, we get on, on top of it a lot more a lot earlier and um you know, we keep things uh keep things rolling along but i'm really excited to work with uh with all five of these these artists they're, they're all very good people so definitely cool so a lot of artists have artists they look up to yeah um and as such give us like two or three i know because there's there's i'm sure there's a long list give us like two or three people that you're like this person makes some awesome crap you know, type thing. Who are who, who, who are some of the artists you look up to right now? Awesome crap. Awesome crap. They're polishing turds. It's amazing. Hey. No. 
<laughs> no, um, there are there are a lot, uh, and for for different reasons as well. Um, I have a particular painting style, and I have a particular like type of miniature that I really enjoy painting. But I love seeing work from all sorts of people. Uh, I don't know that I'd have a. I probably couldn't give you a top top couple. Um, I don't know. Uh, so many people. <laughs> um, it, it, is, it really is too tough. I think everybody's got something to, to teach you. Um, every, it's, everybody's got a cool idea or a different angle or a, um, a wild take. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't sat in on one of Jim's classes before, Kathy, but I have heard continuing, continually hear tales about how he'd come along and, and rip brushes out of people's hands and make them paint with their fingers. But that would be an exaggeration. It might be an exaggeration. Like, <laughs> I like to think that he actually did that, and it was to free people's minds to, to think, okay, you don't have to focus on what the tool is. I've like, never it, taken it, one of his classes <laughs> either, but yeah, that, that him, may be true. Ask him later tonight and see if he has uh, has done that. But <laughs> um, yeah, so there's all different, uh, different folks are doing all sorts of different things. Um, I I th somebody who uh, whose painting changed mine a bit, uh, maybe want to want to tackle things slightly differently, was um, probably about five years ago. I started playing Dark Age uh, from Simon, and uh, all of the a lot of the studio paintwork for that was by um, Sergio um, Calvo. Uh, yeah, Sergio Calvo from uh, Spain, and I loved the way that it looked. So that I when I took the time to paint my warbands, I tried to mimic a lot of his work and push my contrast a lot more. Oh, I love his work. It is great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's amazing. Yeah, I'd like to. I think I'd like to do a, like a, a book with Sergio and um, I can't remember the name of his his friend that sculpts. Um, and they did. They've done a couple of collaborative pieces for. Not Joaquin Palacio. It might be, it might be. But they did the um like the uh, World of Warcraft orc piece and then there was a um a space wolf uh large scale space wolf model um but i'd like to do something with them where it's like sculptor painter oh work. that would yeah. be amazing yeah that would be pretty that would be pretty cool odd stuff but there's there are so many people out there doing amazing things that it would just be really cool to, <laughs> to work with a lot of people <laughs> it's uh at the moment, I'm kind of setting my uh, my sights on on this one for like three three new books a year, and I think um, seeing how that goes over the next couple of years and seeing what pace I can sustain, and if I can bump a few more in, that would be great. I like to <laughs> I described to somebody the other day. It's kind of like I'd like this series to be like an Osprey series. Oh yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. You end up with like a hundred books in the series. <laughs> and they, this, Even yeah. they don't and all these phenomenal artists too. Yeah. yeah. Just people whose whose stuff there's there's something in there for everyone. Something can you can go, I really like this style. Well, I'll pick up this one and this one this week. Yeah, and yeah. then in a year's time you go, Well, I want to have a look at that approach. Pick up that one and that one. And it's just so. as you said, there's there's so many miniature painters that have some brilliant take that not everybody else does 
you yeah. know, some some little thing that that makes their paintings unique to them. Yeah. And if you can just get that that little kernel of magic, you know, yeah. that'll it'll help. And everybody's got some little thing. Yeah. It's definitely uh, it's it's like that. I think it's that's that's the thing I really love about miniature painting and talking about miniature painting and, and seeing what people are doing. Um, yeah, that's that's where I get my joy, for sure. Um, products. You know, yep. we've got a ton of products that come out. Are there any products that you think are just like holy crap? When I use this, it really did. Like for me, I've been kept pushing myself on contrast paints. Like okay. all my Marvel Crisis protocols, I'm going to push and paint with contrast paints. And I like using them. And of course, some people give us crap, give me crap for it. I'm like, I don't care. But are there any products that you're just like, this stuff really does exactly what it does and you're really impressed with? Um, I think the, the first thing that came along for, for me that changed my painting um, was uh, Kalinsky Sable Brushes and finding those and, and actually it was probably like just after I left games workshop, it was like, Oh, I'm going to pick up a set of Windsor and Newton series seven. And of course I bought the Windsor and Newton series seven miniature brushes, which have the really tiny bristles. So it's like, okay, I've got the wrong ones. I'll get the other ones and I've got larger <laughs> bristles and I'll be able to paint more. Um, so for me, Kalinsky sable brushes have done that. So over the years I've used um, Rosemary and co I've used Raphael, um, at the moment, I'm using a lot of uh, Broken Toad, Kalinsky um, Sable brushes. I like the Broken Toad ones. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely cool. Um, ran out of Games Workshop brushes? I've still got good Games Workshop brushes. <laughs> well, their tank dry brush can't be beat. Well, oh, no, I mean, like, like literally, like smaller brushes that I have not, like, or just barely opened. Yeah. That's no, how I, it is. <laughs> I, I go through them pretty quickly. So I go through brushes pretty quickly. Um, I do have, yeah, I, I usually go back to Games Workshop for the large dry brushes. Uh, but if if I'm ever able to find one of those tank tank brushes, particularly the red handled tank brush, oh, yeah, amazing. But uh, it's been a long time since I've had one of those. Uh, but yeah, um, what else? Uh, wet palettes. I never never got into wet palettes before and i know people were making their own wet palettes and i didn't try to make my own i gotta set mine up i have had it for a while i haven't set it up it's okay it's okay that you don't use wet palettes not everybody's empathy it was actually aaron lovejoy's fault that i even use one <laughs> when I, uh, but when I, when I saw the red grass games uh wet palette uh Kickstarter, the design of the basically it, it was so much in the design of it like i'm a big fan of a lot of ikea furniture um <laughs> super clean lines is what i'm after uh and um the yeah the red grass games sort of wet palette got me going and i've used that for the last when did it come out three years ago two and a half something like that uh, <laughs> you seriously haven't set it up yet no so easy to do. Um, when I moved, I didn't set it up, and I just haven't had the opportunity yet. I need right. to. Oh, that's Throw cool. some water that's... in it, John. Yep. Throw some water. <laughs> Look, it's out on my table now, so it'll be in my mind. It's just space becomes an issue too. Give me, give me a call later, and we'll go through the the setting up. I, I, I've used one. I have a private press one I used oh. for a while. I just 
when I moved over here, I didn't have a lot of space. I worked on a tiny desk. I had to fit everything on that. Yeah. Now I just need to figure out how the space works. Yeah. No, for sure. That's cool. Um, what else? I think, um, well, last year I uh, worked with um, Mini Masterworks on uh, the Studio X uh, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had them on. For, for somebody um, like me, where I, I paint here on an incredibly messy desk, um, and I then every week I'd go somewhere to, to paint for a couple of hours, and I'd put all of my, my paints in a ratty old cardboard box. It's like this Studio X is like perfect for me. Um, so I'm really excited to, um, to see that uh, sort of deliver later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be, uh, I like to think that that will be a game changer for me, that it will mean that I'll clean up my desk. And then I can take photos of it and use like like other people say, oh, my desk is a little bit messy. I can't do that because um, it looks like you can't actually see the desk. <laughs> so um, that, that's going to be helpful for me. Uh, and I think um, another thing that I'm excited is uh, I'm probably going to pick up a Vortex mixer pretty soon. Um, to... it's, like a, it's like the new it thing to get right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's the new hotness. It is the new hotness for sure. I've, I, but I've got so many paints that I have. I have a sort of small selection of paints, probably twenty paints that I use all the time. And then I've got like a hundred paints that I use every now and again, and they're the ones that are need, going to need the mixing. It's like, oh, I need that. Fantastic, mixed. So. That's the kind of thing that, um, things like that. <laughs> I like gadgets, but uh, when it comes down to it, if you, if you be a, sort of a, I don't want a ratty old brush. I want one that comes to a nice point. And then if I have a, like a tile or a piece of plastic that I can paint on, that's fine too. I'll paint wherever, but if I have the opportunity to get some nice cool toys, yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will go for those. Definitely. Uh, we did link uh, your Kickstarter up on our, our chat and everything, so everybody should see it. So hopefully you'll get some uh, get some things from that um, and everything. Um, guys, I got any more questions before we get into the media section? No, not really. Just quickly, I was going to say, um, people can also find out some more information at uh, davetaylorminiatures.com. So you get to have a look. and Missy linked. Hmm? <laughs> Missy has been up on posting links to all your socials. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, best mod <laughs> ever. And the mods uh, are pretty good at that. The cool yeah, thing is, if you haven't heard of any of the artists that I've spoken about, um, their social links uh, will be on that first post in my on my page. So you can go and check out their, their stuff. Ha ha ha, Ms. Captain Mizzy says, can you come to Warfare Weekend later this year? Me? Is it in, when is it? It's November, yes. November. November. Where and where is it again? St. Louis. St. Louis. Ooh. No. I've, I've I've so missed traveling. Yeah. <laughs> you you and everybody else. That's the reason why. So I you know I'm one of the co-owners of Warfare Weekend, and people are like, "Can you please do Warfare Weekend this year?" And I'm like, "Well, it depends on COVID." Blah 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 blah. And so we're projecting that we'll be ready to have an opening in November to do Warfare Weekend. 
and yep. we made the announcement and we're getting ready for it and stuff and everybody's like please for everything that is holy make this happen and i go go get your <laughs> vaccine keep your mask on you know all that stuff so we can do it because mm-hmm. a lot of people i mean i i get messages every day like when are you going to put up tickets when are you going to put up classes i'm like guys it's seven months away give us a little bit of time <laughs> yep i got my uh, i got my second shot on tuesday next tuesday is my in two days is my second shot i'm super okay. excited so excited yeah i think everybody is we're all it, it, it's it's weird how you know we we had all those conventions and everything like adepticon i try to go to adepticon every year that i can and yeah. when you can't go you're just like one i notice i don't have enough t-shirts anymore because i always buy t-shirts Yep. Everywhere, every convention I go to. So I'm like, all my t-shirts are, you know, getting ready. I'm like, I need convention t-shirts. Um, haven't got to really play any games. Haven't got to go meet everybody and, you know, hugs and all that. So it's like, oh. I made sure I bought one of the uh, the Adepticon 2020 t-shirts. Because they already had them printed. But they, I know they haven't done one for 2020. Because, uh, 2021, sorry. Because I mean, it didn't happen. But right. um, I think I'm going to talk to Tim Toolan and get him to design up a, a logo for the 2021 that didn't happen and just so i can have at least i can have a t-shirt <laughs> yeah. i have my i have well, my 2020 you, uh you got your hoodie nice Decepticon cool. hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody's jones and i mean everybody is just chomping at the bit i mean i had someone come up to me and you know i had a, a vendor he was like how many people are you projecting to come this year and i'm go i don't know you, yeah. you can't predict this. There is no precedence of a convention after a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, because they're saying so many, like 200 million people have possibly gotten either their first or second shot of vaccine. And we've got like 380 million Americans. And I'm like, yeah. we have, may have people that just show up just so they could walk around. Yeah. Yeah. One of my clients is doing a convention. It's been pushed back uh, a while ago from July to November in Vegas. They're gonna crush it. I can I can see it coming. That's gonna be a heck of a weekend because they're just everyone wants to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, bad. I mean, because we've you know we've been looking at like I've been asking, you know, the people like my numbers. I'm like, um, how many people can we have in convention? How, what's our spacing and you know all this <laughs> other stuff? And they're like, well, you can technically have four thousand people in this area, because um, we've had it before, but. And we're not we're not going to get four thousand people, but I mean that's the thing. I have to I have to prepare for that. Yeah. I have to prepare for more than what I'm used to, uh, because of the games and people just people just want to come and do stuff. Be a, yeah. They they don't care. They're like I just want to play some games. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Drink, Indeed. socialize, and have a good time, and sit around and do everything. Yep. Type of stuff. Yep. For sure. Saturday um, night. <laughs> So let's go ahead and get in our media section. Um, Dave, this is our media section. We talk about movies, books, music, whatever. But we have a rating scale. We actually have two rating scales. Um, okay. Our first rating scale is from Casablanca to Cats. Cats okay. being the worst movie ever made. Casablanca being the best movie ever made. Okay. Uh, and then we have a rating. Uh, do you all remember the old uh, 80s movie Spice, uh, Ice Pirates? Yes. And the Space <laughs> Herpes. <laughs> so we have a rating of space harpies. The fewer the space harpies, the better the movie or whatever it is. Okay. Five being the worst thing ever, aka cats would be five space harpies. Yeah, Casablanca would be zero space harpies. Okay. Um, so I usually watch a ton of stuff. Kathy, how many do you have? Do you I have, have one. Just I have one? one. 
Okay, so it's back to me being the first one, like usual, because uh, I watch too much stuff. <laughs> um, so I, I took it on myself and decided to torture myself, and I watched the New Mutants uh, movie that came out. <laughs> My condolences. I've heard tales. <laughs> Fuck, that movie sucked. Holy crap. And see, I'm a New Mutants fan, too. Because I like oh. magic, I like all the characters, uh, I have the comics, you know, it came out. I was like, this is, you know, this is my jam. Um, magic is one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe, everything. And I'm watching this and I'm like, who the fuck was high, drunk, stoned, an, an idiot that wrote this script? It just mm-hmm. does not go with it at all. You do remember how far afield all the X-Men movies have been from the actual X-Men, right? Yeah, but this one was way off. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even have... Hardly anybody got to use superpowers. The, the plot really didn't go anywhere. Um, it was just like, let's just cash in on names of these characters, is all it was. We're going to cash in on the names of the characters. And I was like, this is stupid as shit. Look, Disney um, only put this I, out because they're like, hey, remember how terrible Fox was? We're going to be making these soon. Yeah. <laughs> they, it was bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even consider it in the Marvel Universe it was so bad. Uh, I mean, this is... You, you could have changed the name of the characters and you wouldn't even known it was a Marvel movie type yeah. thing. It was that bad. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I actually enjoyed it. I'm, I, I'm not going to dispute anything else that you said <laughs> everything else is absolutely correct if I didn't know that it that it was had anything to do with the X-Men or whatever it, that there was nothing really in it that tied that tied it to that um, and yeah you're completely right I, I was gonna say it was, it was, I was gonna make a joke there was a, a fantastic movie for somebody who's like fresh out of film school um, yeah but, uh, but yeah, I, I still enjoyed it though. So <laughs> I, I'm giving this like like four space herpes. Four space herpes. Yeah, because this one, I mean, it didn't push me over to you know cats, but damn, it was bad. <laughs> Excellent. I, I'll go with two. Oh, okay. Yeah, but okay. don't pay attention to me if you're if you're if you are a discerning film goer. I'm not particularly discerning. So. <laughs> There's a point where I just like, switch off and just go with I it. I mean, the fact that you can do that, though, points that there's something in the movie. I mean, there's a lot of movies where you can't do that. Hashtag cats. Uh, you just can't switch off. You're just like, oh. Yeah. That's true. There have been a few movies like that. Oh, yeah. What was the Batman with Mr. Freeze? Batman oh, and Robin? Batman Robin. Yeah. I couldn't watch that in its entirety. God, I hope Banyan's not on here right now. If he's on here right now, I'm going to hear all those quotes and I'm going to have to stab him to death. Was that, um, <laughs> that the George Clooney one? Yes. Yes. Okay. And Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. It's that because I like those actors and everything, but oh my God. I, don't I know love what it was portions about that of the movie. movie. I just, yeah, maybe portions. Maybe like If you maybe watch portions. Adam West Batman and watch this, you're like, the beginning part of this, you're like, hells yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But if you watch Michael Keaton and watch this, you're like, what What just happened uh, here? Maybe that's my problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fanion's on. That's all right. Come. Fuck. <laughs> nice. All night. 
So, Dave, give us yep. your give us your first media thing that you have. Did you watch anything? Read anything? Uh, listen to anything? I I started listening to. I, I came late to it, but I started listening to um, the Old Gods of Appalachia podcast. I don't know if you've heard no, that. No, no, is this Lovecraftian? It is Lovecraftian. Yeah. I feel uh, like I've heard of it. Yeah, it's um. So it's a guy, uh, Steve Shell, uh, who has written written these stories, uh, which are all set. Uh, the the bulk of the first season, I'm still going through the first season. There are two seasons. Um, are set in Kentucky, uh, in a mining town in t- Kentucky, and the story is based loosely on it. Like there was a a mine disaster in this town, but the, he's woven whole lot of things around that mind disaster and a lot of supernatural horror kind of thing so it's an alternate history horror podcast um and it's really good it's very each of the episodes are really short they're like 15 20 minutes um and he's got that fantastic sort of kentucky appalachia twang and uh yeah it's just um really uh, it's very cool it's set in like 1907, 1907, 1917, somewhere around there. But uh, yeah, I would go with, um, I'd probably go with one Space Earthies for that. Uh, cool. So I think the only thing, at the moment, like seeing this first, you know, re- like listening to this first season, it's like, there are a few few times he slips up and and the the words chosen aren't sort of spot on. Um, you know, sometimes there's a flow when you mm-hmm. into a podcast. There's a flow, and then you can get a little bit jarred sometimes when he chooses a word. It's like, oh, that's not the word I would have chosen. It's not the word that would have flowed. Oh. <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, old gods of Appalachia. Um, oh, that sounds interesting. And thank you, John, for posting that link in the chat so that I could find that. Without effort. <laughs> You're welcome. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be right up your alley, uh, Kathy, for yeah. sure. Definitely good. Kathy, oh, yeah. what you got for us? So, in my, as many of you know, I've been watching all of the James Bond movies in order. And today was Skyfall, number 24 out of 25. And, uh, Oh my gosh, I enjoyed it. I have been loving all the Daniel Craig. And I said when I started this, Daniel Craig was one of my favorite. There was Sean Connery, and then it was Daniel Craig. And and I hadn't seen Timothy Dalton yet. And then I was like, maybe it's a tie. But now that I'm watching Daniel Craig again, I'm like, no, it's Daniel Craig. It's Sean Connery and Daniel Craig and then Timothy Dalton. And I know that there are parts of these Daniel Craig ones where it just feels like, it's just an, it's an action movie. There's less of the James Bondness to it. Yeah. But there's more other elements of James Bond. There's that there's there's this sort of cool calculated, you know, ice coldness to it where there's a little bit less of the silly cheesiness which I miss and I love I've always loved that about James Bond, but I can get behind the cold calculating, you know, there's reasons why he's that way. And, 
Anna and Skyfall illustrated them well. And I actually remembered this one a lot better than I remembered seeing the last one in the theater. Because last week I saw Quantum uh, of Solace. Quantum yeah, Quantum of Solace. And uh, there were a few parts that I remembered from seeing in the theater. But not like this. This one was like, oh, I love this fight scene, you know, with the assassin up in the, the tower in Shanghai. With all the lights everywhere. And uh, I just, I enjoyed this one. And next week will be the last, the last of the James Bonds until the studio decides to release the next one. Yeah. Well, you got one more to watch after that, don't you? Oh, Casino Royale, the original Casino Royale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you give Skyfall? Because uh, I did enjoy it myself also. I didn't catch I'm gonna enough go, uh, I'm going to go one space herpy just because. But I I really liked it. I have no real reason for basing it that way. I just feel like zero space herpes. Wow. Yeah, definitely enjoyed the crap out of it. I thought it was uh, uh, very good. Better than Quantum of Solace. I wasn't a huge fan of Quantum of Solace. It was fine, but this was much better. Yeah, Quantum of Solace, fine. This one, better. Skyhold, Skyfall seemed to have so much in it. There were so many things going on. At the same time, it wasn't... Um, like, when I think back and about Skyfall, all the different things that happened, it was like, was that just one movie? It feels like it could have been two movies. Could have, yeah. But at the same time, I can remember all the parts. Mm -hmm. It's not. It wasn't too overwhelming. There was just so much of it. Everything was so interconnected. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Skyfall. Oh, that was great. I, I'm I'm interested to see what you uh, have to say about Spectre. Me too. I honestly don't think I ever saw that. In the I don't think I've seen Spectre. I thought I did, but now that I'm now that I'm looking back, I I think maybe I never did see it. So that may be like a whole new thing for me yeah I mean, you're so positive about them in general so i'm interested to see <laughs> john's theory is that the the daniel craig ones and all the new ones are like the uh the original star trek movies where you know it, it, every other movie is good yeah <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, like everyone, most people's opinions of the regular Star Trek movies, I actually love all the original Star Trek movies except for five. Five can go fuck itself. <laughs> that nemesis, no, that wasn't original Star Trek. Never mind. No, no, that was uh, uh, the final frontier. You so know, what does God need with a starship? Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to talk about that movie anymore. <laughs> Let's move on. Jen, what do you got for us this week? I mean, do you want to save mine for last? Because it involves spoilers, because, I mean, yeah, obviously we'll Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, we'll save that for last. Um, let me go with... I'm, I'm going to hold off on one until next week, but I did finish Warrior, uh, season one and two, because um, it's on HBO Max, and um, I finished that up yesterday, watching all the episodes. Um, everybody knows, it, I believe it was on Showtime or Cinemax before. I think it was Cinemax before. HBO Max picked it up and they have it and watched it and watched binge the entire seasons. Uh, there's only two. I uh, get renewed for a third one. Um, I really freaking dig this show. This show is a ton of fun. The martial art is good. The acting's good. 
the characters are great. Um, on top of that, all of the... Um, <clears throat> they don't concentrate just on, you know, certain actors and certain characters. They concentrate on everybody. Everybody gets their part. Uh, everybody gets to fill their role in the story um, and everything. It, it, it does have some episodes that kind of, I don't want to say are filler episodes, but it's like, oh, this character needs to finish their story arc. So they drag the main characters into their story arc to complete it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really freaking dig this show. I can't wait to see season three. Um, I've actually kind of watched some of the behind the scenes because the martial arts in this is really, really good. Uh, you can tell that they're influenced definitely by all the Bruce Lee movies, um, the way it's filmed, uh, the way the action is done. Everything is just completely, you can tell that they they've, they really put thought into how everything happens and the way it's filmed, not just, hey, here's two guys fighting in this big open field, da-da-da-da-da, you know, type thing. They really put an, a good effort into it. And no, it's, it's real pleasing. It's very much Hong Kong style. Uh, oh yeah, large choreography. Yeah, um, you're not just seeing like upper chest fighting, you know, and punching. You're seeing full bodies, you know, moving and everything, which is really yeah. good in my opinion. Um, I really like it a lot. I'm giving it zero space herpes. Oh. Um, it <laughs> is really, really good. Uh, I kind of was a little sad at the end because I was like, dang it, now no. I have to wait for you know this to get you know a year for another one. What? to get through so um dave do you have anything else uh no i gotta say no not really i haven't um i haven't really watched a lot of uh tv the last week um except catching up on some uh forged in fire <gasps> oh i binged that when i had covid oh, right. <laughs> okay <laughs> when, when i when i was conscious i was i binged that when i had covid <laughs> nice that's, that's good yeah that's a, it's a good show it, it is a good show it's it's fun I and mean, it, it it's something I, I guess you could do it when you're when you're like sick and bedridden because it, it doesn't involve a lot of brain power um and it's you always know what each of the judges is going to say it's pretty much identical every time <laughs> and uh but uh no it's it's, it's I, I i always like it just to see what uh what they can create I also like to watch the um, the way that they edit the show together. Mm-hmm. And it, and like the last, you, you see somebody sort of hammering away on a really thick, lumpy piece of metal, and then they go, "Time's up," and then they go, <laughs> it's <an> amazing, <laughs> "Amazing piece!" Yeah, wait, no way! You he just that. put that in the fire just a second ago. <laughs> exactly, it's like um, the magic of editing. But yeah, yeah, it has been. It's been. It's, it was fun to watch the. Um, the episode, the episodes that they obviously filmed during COVID, where prior to that the host would say, "Okay, yeah, now you can come up and shake the judges' hands and, and that sort of thing," but now it's just like, "You're out, get off the floor." Bye. <laughs> oh, I tell you, that's the hardest part when people come in for interviews. You don't shake their hands anymore, and I'm like, "Hey, it's habit." Yeah. I- <laughs> consider this a virtual handshake yeah. but uh yeah just uh, just catching up on that so now i'm ready for wednesday for the maybe a new episode we'll see awesome. um before we get to the winter soldier i did start watching uh superman and lois uh which is a cw show uh and that is actually on hbo max also 
because uh, I own all the DC stuff. And I will tell you, I'm really digging this. It's only five episodes, and they're like about an hour long. Uh, I did feel like the season just ended too abruptly. Uh, I'm not sure why um, it did, but uh, the it is set in the Arrowverse. Um, super. The story is Superman and Lois marry, and they have two teenage twin kids, and they move back to Smallville. Um, okay. And everything goes from there. Uh, it's actually really good. Um, it's not your typical CW, so you don't feel all this, you know, latent teenage home, you know, hormones going off all the time and all this stuff. It's actually they. It's not the reason I stopped watching Arrow because I'm like I can't anymore. Correct. <laughs> um, it, it and it it plays all the characters right, and you know everybody's everybody's got their own good screen time and you know all the other stuff. You know, no spoiler type thing on this, but I'm digging it. Uh, I watched all five episodes. Um, I, it got renewed for another season, so hopefully it'll be more than five next time. Yeah, it was renewed like after episode one. It was like oh yeah, it, it had a really big following right off the bat. Yeah, that's cool. The the characters are really well done. I really like them a lot. Uh, you can tell that there's that internal struggle of Superman trying to be a father, and uh, how he's having to deal with that, which is really good. Um, and our last one. This is a spoiler. We are going to spoil. Falcon and Winter Soldier, the last episode. Dave, do you care? Um, I haven't watched them yet, but I, I've learned over the last 10 years of potential spoilers for like The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or whatever it might happen to be that, yeah. You don't care if you're spoiled then? If the show's good, the show's going to be good, right? It's oh, yeah. If, yeah. We, if, just, if, we just, we just always give a spoiler. If you get spoiled, then it's not a good show. Okay. We're just going to make sure, because we want to make sure. Spoiler, if you don't want to hear the spoilers of the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, leave. Five, four, Bye. Three, three, two, <laughs> one. Okay, go for it, John. Holy shit, that was great. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> oh, it, it, it pretty much delivered on everything it promised. You get Sam and his new... Sam is Captain America, basically. Badass and Captain America, don't forget badass that. Badass Captain too. America. I mean, it's nothing out of, out of the... Uh, ordinary he's still fighting like he did but and then like that speech he gave yeah, man the end. yeah it was great uh there he was a lot of good feels it. in this one yeah a lot of good emotion in this one not only from him portraying captain america and being captain america but okay. uh at the end when he takes them in to see the statue um, oh he takes his hair bradley sees that oh my god yeah. yeah that was fucking awesome too there's, there's no way of saying it otherwise. It was great. Um, yeah, everything about this was really good. Mm -hmm. um, and even, you know, uh, U.S. agent at the end. You there mean Captain is. Douche America? Yeah, Captain Douche America. <laughs> John Walker. I mean, so I can tell you from the comics, they they did him, they actually did him better here than they did in the comics. In the comics, it was a bit darker and everything, and, but this is a lot better. And... You love well, White Russell just fucking acts the pants off of that character. I mean, he's great. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you hate him so much, but you hate him. You like him when it's time to like him. He projects it perfectly, and you can see the internal struggle when he's struggling over vengeance or doing the right thing. Yeah, it it was really good. I really enjoyed it. the 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 first like half of the movie is just long, continuous fighting you know action yeah. scene beyond belief that you're just like fuck we're about halfway through and it's still action yep 
And then the ending, you're like, oh, oh, they're going to get away. Oh, no, they're not going to get away. Yeah. There was so much to this. Um, this one definitely gets a zero space RP for me. Oh, God, the whole series. Yeah, this one is this is good and solid. Uh, the, I quote, teaser at the end where they now name it Captain America and Winter Soldier, which so is good. great because yeah. they've actually got another movie coming out, which yep. is going to be Captain America 4 with him playing Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be good. Uh, I can't wait to see. Sam was a very good Captain America. I mean, Marvel's like killing it. Disney's killing it and getting all the same actors to come in and do TV shows for their movie roles. Yes. They're going to show everyone how it's done as far as this is how you build a property. You yes. get them into the small screen. You keep them on the big screen. You do everything you can. Like they announced this week, like, oh, we're sorry. We have to charge you an extra dollar for uh, Disney Plus. Just this price is going up. Sorry. And I was like, yep, that's fine. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give me all the Marvel. Give you, me all the MCU. You've earned this dollar. Do you want another dollar on top of that? Because you're in that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> they did it. Don't, get, don't give it to, to start with, Sean. I don't remember that for some two dollars. I've been willing to, but I'm glad they're not asking for it. Yeah, so good. Um, now I saw the last episode of WandaVision. I didn't see the whole series because, as we know, my hatred of sitcoms is well stated and could not make it to the first couple episodes. This finale blows the pants off of that finale. Oh, yeah. And I know some people are not going to agree, and that's fine. That's why it's art is okay. Yeah. But I thought this just blew the pants off of it. It is someone on Twitter called it the best TV show ever. And I'm not going to say it is, but man, it's really, really good. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it was good. Solid. Um, you, you felt for the good guys. You felt for the bad guys. You hated John Walker, but you liked him because he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. It's the, he's one like, of the bad guys. The you series, love. The range of emotions for him. You're like, you know, you've got, he shows up at the end of the first episode. You're like, I don't like that guy. You see him in the beginning of the second episode. You're like, I like this guy. Then turns the end episode. You're like, no, no, I don't like him again. Yeah, this guy's then a you're douche. Like, Zemo shows up. You're like, I feel like I trust Zemo more than I trust John Walker as Captain America. Oh, Something yeah. Something's wrong here. Zemo was amazing. So good. Yeah. I hope he gets more to do because he just fucking knocks out of the park, too. It's a good series. If you guys are interested in Marvel, you haven't watched it, watch it. Great, absolute A plus. Cool. I will do then. <laughs> it was it was solid. I, you binge it now since all the episodes are out and watch it all in one sitting, and go for it. It's amazing. It's yeah, one of the now, best ones. We gotta wait for Loki, which is a couple months away. So I think uh, Bainey and I will our Friday night of watching will have to be Discovery season three, since I'm not <laughs> caught up on that either. Yeah. Well, guys. That is our show for today. We appreciate Dave you coming on and talking about your projects and just yeah. kind of bullshitting with us. We appreciate yeah. it a lot. No, th- thanks um, for having me. It was a great time. Yeah. Uh, you don't forget, guys. Any time? Of course. You want to come in and paint with us? Come on and paint with us. Sure. Well, yeah, no problem. Just say, hey, Gonzo, I want to come on and paint. I'm like, shit, okay, come on in. <laughs> cool. That's how it be. Um, don't forget, this Friday the Kickstarter will go off, and uh, you can jump in on that. Um, the link was posted. If you need it again, you can always go to the Morning Dice Facebook page. Everything's on there. Um, look for our one that has his press release on it, and it'll be all the information. It's also easy to find Dave Taylor at Dave Taylor Miniatures. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Big Boss Waz Tech, luckily this is all recorded. It'll be on YouTube, but it'll also still be available on Twitch for a while, so you can check out the whole thing at your leisure. 
It's also a podcast if you want to just listen to it. <laughs> we got you covered. Not a million streaming platforms. Uh, everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and raid the, the Pyro Club at the end of this. So stick around. Give them a follow. Uh, they'll be doing Harlan's Heroes. Um, but for More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And I'm Dave. And Dave. <laughs> and here we go. Hit that button. Hit that like, hit that raid. Let's go. Make sure you spam them with a bunch of emotes. Make sure that they're happy. Oh, we just post our schedule. Check our schedule so you can see what else we got coming up next week. Yeah. And there will be more. Not just from the schedule. <gasps> We're dancing. Everybody can hear us. <laughs> oh, they're on break. <laughs> oh, 